Welcome to episode 71 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Carrie and Sophie. They used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Carrie and Sophie, for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Do you leave your recovery program at home? Have you tried to attend meetings when you travel? What do you bring with you for your own serenity? Today, we're going to talk about recovery on the road. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at The Recovery Show may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to the topic of recovery on the road. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I will be your host today. Today's episode is a conversation that I had with a listener, Mara, a couple of weeks ago about her experiences keeping her recovery active while she was traveling for several months. The conversation was wide-ranging, centering on the ways in which she kept connected to her program and how she sees that she has changed now that she is back home. With no further introduction, here's Mara. Hi, Spencer. Great to be here. So why don't we start at the beginning? Um, you know, you, you knew you were going away for a while. And did you, what did you think about uh, in terms of taking recovery with you? How did you well, think you were going to do Well, this is definitely a question that I thought a lot about. Um, because the, the work project um, I was on, I was away for, for business. This wasn't um, like a sabbatical or anything. Um, but the work project I was embarking on in particular and the particular career that I'm in has uh, an emotional component of it. And it has a kind of emotional cost where loneliness is sort of one of its top concerns. It's sort of drilled into it, the, the loneliness of being on the road. Um, and I had gotten some flavors of that by, uh, we do a lot of sort of training programs where we, we go away, but, um, usually in those situations, you have a support system, you have, you have a schedule and you have a great outside, uh, structure where this was the first time I was going on to do this particular project where I wasn't going to have an outside structure that wasn't my own. Mm. Um, and so, uh, that sort of loneliness concern um, was uh, really at the forefront of my mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so there was my, there were my career skills, but I thought um, uh, a lot about sort of the emotional thing. I mean, I think very few careers have sort of a natural expectation of being able to care for yourself physically and emotionally, but also sort of having this sort of personal life cost. Um, and so, you know, to a certain extent, I was thinking about my professional skills and I was also thinking about being mentally strong, but to, but also the program actually allowed me to accept a lot of sort of what was naturally pushing me to this trip without over-controlling and without being perfectionistic and without like just constantly seeing the ways in which, um, uh, you know, I wasn't good enough to do this particular trip, um, and to sort of accept what was coming into my life. And this trip was coming into my life in a sort of very natural way where I could sort of trust in my own courage. And, you know, I, I um, haven't been in the program 
for a super long time, but I feel like I felt like I had an extremely strong uh, fellowship. Um, I had an extremely strong network of uh, program friends. Um, I sort of tested my <laughs> network. Uh, you know, I had a particular job challenge in the few months before um, I had to leave, and I the program really has taught me how to reach out for help in a way that has felt much easier and also much bigger than ever before. And so I was able to sort of test it out and send out, you know, like, I don't know, for this particular first, first try, I think I sent out like 30 text messages and got like so many back and, and, you know, it, it, um, just the way there's that, but there's also just the way in which, I don't know. I feel like the program teaches us how to love and be loved. And that ability made me feel like I could um, have some resources. Well, actually, I mean, this gets into a little bit about expectations because yeah. I think I kind of felt that I could, <laughs> I don't want to say naive because I didn't really know any better, but I kind of think I felt that everything could pretty much stay the same, you know, the same mm. text relationships, the same... I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think I, I didn't, it's one of those things where I, you know, you get told about the loneliness a lot. You get told a lot you about the disconnection that's going to happen, but you can't really prepare until you feel those feelings. And, well, you, know. you were going pretty far away, right? Uh, yeah, I was going 6,000 miles away from my um, home base. Um, I was in Europe. And, uh, which, uh, where I live in the U S that was, um, that was a nine hour time difference. That's a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You send a text <laughs> and you don't, you really don't get a reply, <laughs> um, right away. So if you're in crisis, um, or if you have a kind of intimate sort of program text or intimate friendships with people, intimate support system based on a lot of this technology, like sure there's technology. And, you know, I had a friend who was like, you know, I would tell her about my worries and like um, being abandoned and, you know, all these like pre grieving, pre anticipation fears that I would have. And, yeah. you know, and because I had such close bonds, you know, we were able to talk about these things very openly and immediately. And she was like, but we're in a global society and, <laughs> mm -hmm. and, it, and it's like, yeah, we're in a global society, but people also have limits <laughs> and the yeah. disconnection is real yeah. when so, you're 6,000 miles away. So nine hours, if you are sending a text at, in the evening, it's sort of the middle of the night where your friend is and they're probably well, asleep. Well, it, it's the opposite. Cause where I was, was, um, nine hours ahead. Yeah. So like when people were awake, people would wake up around three, three or between three and five people would be awake. And then, right. Right. and then when, um, yeah. And then, you know, I, I, the loneliness really took its toll. And at one point I was really having trouble sleeping. Um, uh, and that, but that was kind of independent of the fact, but not helped by the fact that, you know, at like one or two in the morning is when people are, you know, posting more on Facebook or that's when they're replying to texts more. And, yeah. um, that's when they're more available. It was it's like, right when I should be <laughs> really asleep. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but, but you're saying you, you really didn't 
expect that difference before you went? I mean, before I left, um, you know, I may, I took certain steps, you know, I, I tried to sort of solidify what was going to be my support system. Mm -hmm. You know, I even, I wrote down the things like, what do I do for self-care? Um, Mm -hmm. what do I, what do I need? So like I, I made sure I situated myself, um, in a city that had, um, yoga. I made sure, um, uh, let me think. So I made sure I was close to my, um, professional context where I already knew. Mm -hmm. So I tried to be already professionally, um, connected. Um, I was initially staying with friends, um, I, I brought my phone list with me, you know, I brought literature with me. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, these are the, these are some of the reasons why I was like, I was thinking that nothing would really change. Right. Um, because I, I also situated myself in a city that had a meeting. Um, and so in a lot of ways, I thought it would be comparable to the ways in which I had traveled and um, done a lot of this professional stuff in the past. Um, but I definitely got to learn a lot about, A, the sort of expectations I set. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I, I, you know, I also did a lot of work around openness and sort of being open to whatever my higher power is bringing into my life. And sort of like a kind of living, living by accepting uh, groundlessness as sort of like a gift to, you know, push yourself to see your own courage. Hmm. Um, and not, not really push, but like as a gift, like this, these sorts of things I really concentrated on before I left. Um, and it was one of those things also where, you know, I had my other professional contacts here at home, you know, who took a very open attitude towards what I was doing rather than a, a kind of perfectionistic attitude, which can be sometimes a problem in my particular career. Mm-hmm. Um, where, so I tried to make sure I had all these like foundations of support. Um, but yeah, you, you land on the ground and the seasons are basically, um, not completely the opposite, but the climate is opposite. It's dark. Um, you know, the friends I was, I was staying with, um, there were some, there were some issues there. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some challenges there. Um, these were friends that, um, I met who I became very close to, but who I'd met years before, but we had some differences. And when you're living with someone, you know, that sort of intimacy is partic- can partic- be particularly, uh, threatening. I mean, I, I just, we all come into the program with certain traumas. And I mm-hmm. mean, for me, um, home was never a safe place. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I didn't really, I learned a lot, you know, while I was gone about how important it is for me, where I situate myself. And even though I prepared, you know, still, even just like the, the tenor of the city that I was in, whether it felt comfortable. Um, and, uh, you know, so those sorts of things, I mean, especially the climate, I mean, cause, um, I have a very mild climate, um, in my home, uh, area in the U S and, uh, I was in, I was in Germany. And so the winter there is, it was mild, but it was pretty, um, 
it's pretty dark. There was like no sun. <laughs> it's, and it's Europe is a lot further north than most of the U.S. and and that's most obvious in the winter. I yes, think. yes. I was in the south of Germany, but but even still, um, even still, yeah, this was north. Yeah, yeah um, I remember. I I grew up in in New York State, and I remember being oh. astounded that Rome was at the same latitude. Because I think of <gasps> no Rome way. as a southern sort of, you know, climate. And yeah, really. Like yes. Rome is about the same latitude as Rochester, New York, which is where I grew up. Right. So and where I was where I was was about the same um level as um Paris, if people know where yeah. Paris is. Um I was only like a, a three and a half hour uh train ride straight across. Um three and a half hours by yeah. the high speed train. Um and the climate was particularly – I mean, I had gotten really accustomed to the very mild, very sunny, very warm. <laughs> and, that, and that changes that changes your physicality. Yes, it does. And, and I mean, there's even a TED Talk where the woman talks about how your physicality changes your – like who you are and who you're allowed to be in a place. Mm. Like, you know, how, how can I – swing my arms, you know, how open can I, you know, like open myself, you know, that was one of the, it was these very, it's, it sounds like a very small thing, but like when I'm used to like this kind of open frolicky, playful kind of environment all around me. And then I get to, um, Germany, a climate where, yeah, I'm wearing heavy coats and it's dark. And I'm like, you know, I, you know, the sun comes out like once every once a week, (laughs) it was, it was it was very different for me, and I think I was also ve- a very different person to like show up in my friend's house. <laughs> yeah. So you know this person with this like big energy, you know this big yeah. like U.S. American energy, and they're used to the sort of weighed down German because German culture is very is very particular in it, and that yeah. wasn't um, that was something that certainly influenced my program a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what did you take with you? So. What I took with me, um, I took past recovery and I took courage to change. Um, these were the books I had with me. Um, and the, uh, these were the books that I had with me from, from home. And it was interesting. I, d- I'm not quite remembering whether I thought about bringing more. I mean, I, so I brought my phone lists, mm-hmm. um, and my relationship to the phoneless is something <laughs> uh, that I think is particularly that I think is particular um, on this on this trip. Uh, now, when um, you say phone list, is this a, a personal list of of numbers of people that you call, or is this like phone list from meetings you attend? So, I, meetings I attend. Uh-huh. So, I brought phone lists from my home group. Mm-hmm. And, um, I brought a couple of phone lists from some, I think like one other group. Um, and I think in general, these are just lists that live in my literature. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I have those. And I just, yeah, I just leave them in there, um, uh, fold it up. And, you know, so it was easy to just grab and, you know, throw that in my bag. I, I was lucky enough to not have like a weight lift limit on how much baggage I could take. Oh, um, wow. Uh, well I had a, it was like a 210 pound <laughs> weight limit. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. As long so as you're basically, not taking like a whole bookshelf, you're good. 
Um, I could have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I took courage to change. I took paths to recovery. I took the phoneless. Um, I took some of my other literature that I had been using in, in conjunction, some mm-hmm. outside literature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then where I was, uh, uh, the city I was in, they have one, um, AA Al-Anon house and they had all of the English literature, um, program literature there. So when, so when I was there, I was able to buy, purchase more literature. Um, and I had initially brought the literature I brought, I mean, courage to change, I'll tell you is the most popular of the literature, (laughs) at least in the multiple cities that I went to meetings in. Mm -hmm. I think basically every single meeting was called courage to change. Really? (laughs) Um, yeah. It, and they would, and the literature meetings are definitely the most, were the most, um, common format. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, and I brought paths to recovery because at the time that I left, I hadn't started my step work yet. And, um, I thought it actually coincided perfectly that my step work could come in at a time, uh, a time like this. When you would have time, maybe. <laughs> when I would have time or when I would really need that anchor. Yeah. Okay. That too. Yeah. Um, Cause I uh, think my, my program was more based on fellowship for the first um, long period of time, you know, having that sort of, yeah. having that freedom to ask for help, having that freedom to have a larger support system rather than depending on codependent relationships Yeah. Um, was something that, um, was the way in which I feel like the sort of keep coming back of the program, you know, works into you. And then, you know, you start the steps when you're ready. And so this seemed like the natural time. And were you able, um, as you were um, working through the steps there, were you able to have communication with your sponsor if you, you know, had questions, got stuck on something or how did that work? Well, yeah, I mean, this was, um, I mean, this is sort of like the crux of what happens when you travel is, um, what happens to your support system, what happens to those connections and, um, and certain, and, you know, what happens to sponsorship and what happens to those friendship relationships. And that, I mean, aside from the sort of deepening relationship with myself that I got from the kind of isolation that I was, that I happened to be in, in my particular trip, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I feel like we come to the program um, because in a lot of ways we have these voices in our heads that need connection, you know, that need that ability to find ways to connect um, or else in a lot of ways these habits we've built up, these voices that are in our heads, you know, my sponsor likes to say these are what um, kept us alive when we were kids, but as adults, this is what's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I was graced enough to have, you know, have program friends and have a fellowship where, you know, I have one of my best friends is a program friend of mine. And, um, you know, I asked her for advice on who she thought would be a really good sponsor. And she gave me a list of people and it was really interesting. I was like, and it was so surprising to me. I was like, really these people, um, and the person that she, that she suggested that was at the top of her list, um, was the first person I asked and she, and it was, and I remember when I, I did it while I was in Germany and it was, um, uh, Oh, that sounds tricky. 
Uh, well, uh, which part of it sounds tricky? Uh, asking somebody to be your sponsor from like a long distance. Right. Well, and this was the thing that I talked about with my friend because my friend was like, um, you know, you obviously need somebody uh, because my home group is, I guess you would call it an old timers meeting. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so she was saying that like someone's ability to use technology over the distance is obviously something that's important. Um, and that I would ask them to be, you know, temporary or, you know, uh, I think I said temporary sponsor, uh-huh. you know, just be- in case it didn't work out, uh-huh. um, that we would have that cleanness. Um, but no, I even asked her over text. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, you don't have to be, I didn't, I, I think before the program, I would put a lot more like pressure on myself to have my asking my sponsor to be my sponsor, like to be a much more <laughs> formal and like, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, I don't know, over, I would probably have overthought it. So I think this is actually, I mean, this is good for those people who, you know, they're sort of agonizing over finding a sponsor and asking somebody to be their sponsor and to, to, to hear that, you know, you could you could ask somebody to be your sponsor by by text message. Um, it kind of, I think, maybe helps to to make it a little less weighty, a little less daunting uh, a, a prospect. Like, and and I I you know I have to say I never thought of doing that. I, I I'm a I'm a face <laughs> to. I mean, despite the fact that I use this electronic medium to communicate with a lot of people, uh, I'm a very face to face person. Well, and I mean that. The sponsorship certainly ran into its challenges because of that lack of face to face. Friendships yeah. ran into challenges because of that face to face. I'm I'm the one who left, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, my sponsor had to remind me of that that I could not depend or I couldn't expect people to support me from six thousand miles away. And in a lot of ways. Um, I think when she said that, I resented that because I heard mm-hmm. the voice in my head of my friend saying, well, it's a global society. And, you know, she had put some expectations forward, and but she was trying to comfort me. And But I had put that in my head really as um, an expectation. And I also think that my in, me in particular, since I have... I'm very committed to openness, but I realized on this trip that I still have huge trust issues. And when I mm-hmm. let those people in, those people who were going to be my foundation, yeah. you know, while I was gone, and when they turned out to be human, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, so there's another that expectation. Was very uh, painful. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. When I let you in, you better. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I didn't even realize, you know, I mean, on the one hand, yeah, I, I joke about it that like, I don't let them be human, but on the other hand, um, on the other hand, you know, I have voices in my head now from those people who were there for me. And, you know, while I was going through this, you know, they would say to me, but, but, um, you know, don't necessarily be so hard on yourself. You love these people and you're feeling these feelings because you love them. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's okay to feel the kind of loss and disconnection that, that is natural. And I think that's part of what we are trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, 
And it is a learning process. And so, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, my sponsor says she was like, I wish that everybody could go and have the experience that you had for X number of months. Um, because I think, uh, I mean, the sponsorship was an incredibly important part of my trip. Um, and it's, you know, it's a gift that's given to me freely. Yeah. So it's not like, I constantly feel like I need to do something for this person to pay her back. But, you know, but there is something really profound to be learned that I was given that unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And what, I mean, I, I was in a lot, I was in a situation where I was in a lot of powerlessness, a lot of insanity. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, she, she thinks it was an amazing experience to learn, you know, step one and two, as much as I wanted to race forward <laughs> um, and get to step four and five you know, she, um, would always be there for me. She was always clean. She wouldn't show up to the next session, you know, carrying the baggage from the session before mm. I could argue with her. And, you know, I'm the kind of sponsee that, um, you know, my answers to questions are long. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to, you know, text her every time I have a question. I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to call my sponsor. Um, but on the other hand, that kind of aggressiveness, um, you know, if you, if you don't have the right kind of sponsor, somebody who also turns out to, I mean, it was also surprising to me cause I got to know her during this period. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd known her from our home meeting, um, mm -hmm. a little bit, but just in passing, but the, it's just the weirdest thing. You know, she was just this person that my friend suggested. And it turns out we had like so many things in common, like random things. And, um, do you think that maybe your friend was sensing this commonality and that's why this person was at the top of the list? Um, Getting off topic I, here, but it's an interesting question. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, picking a sponsor, I think... I mean, I think she thought of the technology issue first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I... Um, and I think, you know, because it's like I'm just pulling up the list because I'm I'm so... I don't want to say neurotic or OCD. I will say, um, detail or anyway, uh, something like that. Uh, I take lots of notes. We'll just say that. And without a judgment on it. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was about the technology. And then I think I remember being like, um, shocked that she would suggest or not shocked, but I was just surprised. Um, and, uh, and I think, she, um, she said that, you know, it was that she had listened to some of this particular person's shares and, um, thought it might be a good match. And I, and she, um, this friend of mine, you know, she's someone who I think at one point I texted her that I thought that she might be the only person who really knows me. Um, she knows me very well and, um, she has 15 years in the program and, um, and she's, I think she's been in this particular, our particular home meeting for that whole time as well. Mm -hmm. um, so she has a kind of gift. She's been a gift in my life in ways that have been unexpected. And so at least for me, the process of picking a sponsor, I don't want to say it was about waiting. It was about sort of like the t the right time and the right thing just came mm -hmm. to me, mm -hmm. you know, like texting her in the middle of the night <laughs> or what was the middle of the night for me, yeah. 
you know, and have her, I think, I mean, I could probably scroll back and the text is probably like, you know, I'm sorry for texting, you know, I'm, I'd love to talk to you about this, but you know, she texted back, um, pretty immediately. And she was completely fine with not only the format that I asked her, you know, cause I think that's part of the thing is like, if you're someone who needs to ask face to face, like, then the person who's going to respond to you in that way is going to be the right person. Um, and so, yeah. you know, I need to be able to text people or, um, you know, so that was the right thing. And, yeah. and she, so, so we, we Skyped at least once a week, sometimes more. Um, when I would get in a pickle, sometimes she would be available and she would, you know, jump on Skype, um, uh, jump on Skype or, or FaceTime. Um, and, um, you know, but also this was, my trip was a five month trip. So people's lives change within five months. Yeah. And, um, so I know there were times when she would become less available and I had to deal with that, you know, how that emotionally affected me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that also is a, a, a fact it's not, not a factor that, you know, I wasn't ever seeing her like in person. Um, those face-to-face -face meetings that we say are so important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Skype sort of is. <laughs> it feels like it. If you're 6,000 miles away, it's a lot closer to face-to-face -to -face than texting or email. No, I, when I came back, the people that I, that did actually um, Skype with me, you know, I mean, because part of, part of my particular trip or part of being away or part of traveling for a long period of time is, you know, or part of being in a career where travel is, imp is um, a requirement, mm -hmm. you know, is finding out what are the relationships and who are the people who can withstand that. And um, that is a really painful process. But, um, yeah. you know, the people that I did Skype with, when I saw them in person, I was like, it's like I just saw you. <laughs> you know, it didn't even feel like we'd ever been apart. Oh, that's good. <laughs> That's good. No, you know, technology is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think, I mean, obviously, um, you know, the way in which we have sort of ubiquitous technology, at least um, in our society, and, and um, probably helps a lot with that. Um, I spent five months in, in Norway in 1979. Mm -hmm. I think I probably talked to my wife, like, maybe once a week, maybe less, um, you know, because making a transatlantic phone call was a big deal. It was probably oh, like once a month, you know, if, if that. Right. Um, and, uh, right. you know, the, we wrote letters. <laughs> uh, and uh, How lovely. Yeah. You know, like old school. <laughs> right. But that, that was, that was what you, that's what you could do back then. And, and then, now, how did you, you said you, you picked a city that had a meeting or had meetings. Mm -hmm. And again, mm -hmm. the technology came to your aid here, I suppose. Yeah. Um, internet and all it's, that. It's, yeah, internet and all that. Um, what is the, I, it's interesting that I can't um, pull up the site because it's always the same site. It has to be like the Al-Anon meetings home site because mm -hmm. Every city that I went to, because um, part of my particular problem while I was traveling is that I was not spending five months in one location. Uh -huh. So I was traveling all over. Mm -hmm. I actually did go to Norway. 
Um, that was wonderful. Um, and so every city that I would go to, I basically just Google, um, Al-Anon meetings, you know, X city, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Berlin, Vienna, Oslo. Um, and so before I left, I, uh, um, I looked up to see if there was a meeting because that was really important to me. Um, yoga, yoga was, is part of my program. Um, and meetings are part of my program. Um, and so, you know, meetings, meetings, yoga, connect, ability to make connection. Those were mm-hmm. sort of, those were some of the really essential things that I did, looked up before leaving. And with every city I went to, I did the same thing. I looked up yoga and I looked up meetings. Now, were you looking for English language meetings? That's a good question because before I left, you know, my, my good friend who made the suggestion of a sponsor, um, you know, she's, I, I think it was her who said, you know, sometimes that even just sitting in meetings, um, where they're not speaking English is, um, still beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, but I never did that in particular. Uh, I mean, when I got, when I got there, it's, it's one of those things also, cause you're going through jet lag and there's nothing like sleep deprivation to make you emotional. There's nothing (laughs) like that, that oxygen deprivation of that long flight. I mean, you know, I was on that long flight, you know, everybody was asleep and I was like in the middle of the night, like crying and emailing my friends, like, Oh my God, did I make this? I make a huge, I made a huge mistake. What am I doing? (laughs) Exactly. And who knows if I really felt that way, but at the moment, you know, I had the resources to be able to be honest about that. But, um, but that became a routine. Like every city I went to knowing what I needed, on a very basic level, um, not only with my, um, career skills for, for the career I'm in, but, um, you know, in where I situate myself, mm-hmm. um, the self-care, um, because not having the self-care resources that I expected was a huge, huge challenge. Um, yeah, yeah. I ran into that this summer. Um, I did, foolish me and it and it was only two weeks but i did two different trips back to back where i was mm-hmm. home for i think 36 hours between the two you know long mm-hmm. enough to do laundry and on the second trip the first trip uh, i had really good support resources good spiritual resources and and a meeting available every day if i needed it and you know the phone <laughs> the phone was my lifeline um, and and then the second trip, I was already tired when I went, um, and you know it was a sort of a chaotic situation. It was a it was a uh, sort of a convention slash conference, mm-hmm. um, you know, a conference with a convention atmosphere. Maybe is the way to look at it. Um, and there was a lot of drinking there, and and uh, you know a lot of a lot of things that that I could get triggered by. And right. uh, and I remember the the first day I was there there wasn't very much going on and I thought I can make it to a meeting. I looked up meetings. I, I, you know, and I found a meeting that I could, I could probably walk to um, like at noon or something. And I thought, Oh, this is wonderful. I can go to a meeting. And then I ran into a friend and he says, well, aren't you doing this other activity? I was like, Oh, I really wanted to do that. And now I have to make a choice between the activity Mm -hmm. and the meeting. And I knew that the rest of the week was going to be totally booked up from when I got up to well after I went to bed and that I would have no chance to get to a meeting for the rest of the week. And, and I elected to do the activity and not go to the meeting. And I think that that really, um, it affected me because, um, 
I just was really, I think as I expressed it, probably I expressed it on the podcast after I got back because it was so, it was so, um, you know, sort of striking to me. I was very restless, irritable, and discontent, I think is mm-hmm. the way to put it, um, yeah. the whole time I was there. And it, and and I, I wonder, you know, well, if I had actually gone to that meeting, and I did, I was able to make a few phone calls, but it, it was not, you know, often when I, when I travel for business, there's always downtime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and you talked about isolation and, and, you know, traveling for business I find is, can be very isolating, uh, because at the end of the day, maybe I spend the day with people that I know, or maybe I spend the day sitting in a room full of a thousand people I don't know. Um, and, but at the end of the day, I'm back in a room by myself, uh, with only, you know, the television, the phone and my computer, the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I'm yeah. on the other side of the country, uh, you know, I can't even call home because everybody's in bed already. Because uh, uh, I live on I the mean, East Coast, right? You know. So. Yeah. Well, and you're reminding me of one particular challenge. I mean, not only is um, you know that list of what is my self care. I don't want to say it was useless, <laughs> but it kind of was. It was kind of mostly just a torment. Because Ooh. there's no walking in the there's no walking in the redwoods in, nope, in Germany. Can't do that. <laughs> nope. um, there is walking in the black forest, but that's a little weightier. <laughs> um, <laughs> and snowier probably at that point in time of year too. Uh, well, we, we they had a particularly warm winter. Oh, um, okay. Uh, so so uh, yeah, this year um, the Midwest and the East Coast had a way worse winter oh than like anywhere, God, and way worse, have, way worse yeah. than <laughs> than. Uh, yes, Germany. I lived through it. I think. Yes, you survived. <laughs> I I think so. <laughs> you need a trophy, all of all of you. Guys. Oh my God, I was um, so ready to just not see snow again ever. No, I mean, I'm originally from Chicago, and so oh, okay. my whole Facebook feed uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. people that are like, it's April and we're getting a blizzard <laughs> again. Yes, I mean, yes. they were just... Yeah. Uh, so, but, but you had a, you had a, a reasonably nice uh, for Reasonably Germany. nice. But I will say that the contrast... I mean, the thing about yeah, Chicago sure. is that you expect that winter is going to be bad. Yeah. When you live where I live now... In America, you don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we had a drought, and like it was like sunny all the time, which can actually be disorienting when you're used to four seasons. But it's also, um, you know, I'm used to be just little things. There's little. I am a very physical person, and again, where I where I situate myself is very important. And my body not being able to get out and jump on my bike, mm-hmm. uh, and to feel that hot, blinding sun in my face every day. Yeah. Like I've I've only been back two weeks and some change, and that physical deprivation was uh, was very difficult. And so when it comes to things like self care, you know, I live in a place that's very physical health oriented. So like to go out and be a physical person, I think is less um, a regular thing in places that have a climate like. Um, like Germany and especially the culture in Germany is sort of, is very heavy. Mm-hmm. Every city weighs its, wears its history mm-hmm. and, um, the people are, uh, can be particularly judgmental, particularly, um, controlling and particularly some people like to say direct. Mm-hmm. Um, some people like to, but it's more just like, there's a lack of, um, 
I don't want to say politeness because I wouldn't say that's the way. I mean, politeness is sort of the only way I can say it. Like the way in which Americans, the way in which we explain everything that we're doing, the way in which we apologize, the way in which we're constantly excusing ourselves. Like that's kind of a politeness that that Germans um, uh, don't necessarily have. And if you sort of defy their expectations, you know, if you're like in a conversation with them, things would annoy them or make them angry mm. or frustrated that would take somebody from the Americas off guard. Like, mm-hmm. I have no mm-hmm. idea why, why you're upset. And, mm-hmm. and it's different. I, I've also lived in New York, and it's different than, like, some people compare it to New York, but it's, it's a very sort of deep, heavy cultural thing. Like, I wouldn't say New Yorkers are heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that made finding resources for self-care um, much more difficult. I wasn't surrounded by people who self-care. Mm. <laughs> I wasn't living in a house with people who for them exercising every day, you know, reading the program literature, you know, reading their other literature, getting enough sleep, getting enough water, or I don't know, whatever is the long list of things yeah. to feel normal. Yeah. You know, they don't do that like at all. And which I, which I, I don't even, that's one of the gifts of the program has given me permission to do that because I don't understand people who don't, you know, it gave me such a, uh, a foundation and ability, an ability to be free. Sorry, I feel like I'm talking like 80 million miles a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> so nice to speak English again. <laughs> yeah. So, so and speaking of English, um, you know, I was asking about um, English language meetings. Mm-hmm. So I, I gather that mm-hmm. you did, you did search out English language meetings. Right. And, so, uh, yeah, um, I did search out English language meetings. Those were the ones I went to. I went to meetings in. Um, all around Germany, in Berlin, and Stuttgart, in um, I went to meetings in Vienna, um, and uh, you know the availability of um, recovery is really different city to city. I'm sure. It was one of those things where I was I was telling my sponsor about the particular city I was in. It was, it was kind of heavy, dark, a lot of alcoholism, just people. Um, not like I'm taking their inventory, but I think it was pretty apparent that like um, people who are almost 24 hours a day hanging out, drinking outside in the train station, which is pretty gross, like, mm. cause you can, you can drink outside in Germany. Um, just, you know, a lot of really sort of kind of desolate, you know, the, the kind of horrors of alcoholism are not hidden, mm-hmm. but that's, but that's city to city. This was the particular city I was in. Um, Berlin is, isn't like that, you know, Vienna isn't like that. Um, and you know, my, uh, I had the city I was in the English meeting was difficult for me because of the, I was used to a kind of a higher level of recovery, mm. um, uh, and being able to sort of be, uh, um, to listen to, sh- to shares that had the, a really high level of what the program, um, is about, you know, the humility, the keeping the focus on yourself, the structure of the meeting. Um, and that kind of recovery varies, uh, city to city. And that was very difficult for me. Um, I mean, it was a, it was a, an extremely intensely valuable experience to sort of have to point the finger more at me and, Mm. and to depend less on the external, um, network and program that I had developed 
you know, yeah. when you don't yeah. have, when your entire, pretty much my entire sports system got taken away really suddenly. <laughs> There's, you just can't, you just can't prepare for that. Like you can, yeah. you can try. <laughs> and you did it to yourself, so yep. to speak. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, it's also just kind of a thing where I think one of the things I learned is that like some experiences are going to be painful. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. Yes. Yes, that is and true. Yes. As, as, as we like to say, it's another effing growth opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yep. F growth. Uh, yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I mean, I'm just listening to you talk and, and I can hear that you know, you know so much more about yourself and about um, your program and about the way in which it supports you and the way in which you support it. It just sounds like you have learned a lot through this experience. Um, whether, you know, it was painful at the time, I mean, what I hear now is is a real, uh, you know, voice of of experience voice of of growth and uh, and some wisdom there uh, oh so. well thank you stroke, stroke. <laughs> <laughs> well again like i said i've only been back two weeks and some change and you know it will take you know in three months this will look different in three years oh, yeah. this will look this, this experience Absolutely. will seem different Absolutely. um um so when you couldn't make it to an in-person meeting, um, have you ever done uh, attended an online meeting? Well, I mean, yeah, like so. That's definitely an aspect of the story because, like, I was used to things being one way, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, and I was used, to, you know, and this is the sunshine, the text messages, my particular meeting. Um, and, you know, there are so many things that are different. Like, so I know you're you're asking about online meetings. And, of course, I have to start from some sort of big, complicated thing to get well, to that. Well, you know, I'm just <laughs> – I'm prompting I'm prompting a thought process here. So go where you need to go. Good. Thank you. Um, uh, but it's just – it's one of those things where, like, you get into a meeting and not only are there various levels of uh, recovery, but one of the interesting things I'll say about the English meetings um, is that the English meetings are the place – that are kind of the catch-all for everyone, mm. at least at least in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where people go who don't speak uh, German, you know, for because I was mo- mainly in Austria and um, in Germany, mm-hmm. you know. So that's where the immigrants, the Eastern European immigrants, come from. That's where the you know the people who just moved from Spain, and so you get. Um, you get such a variety of experience, mm. which for me, I, I mean, I was in a, I was in a lot of pain. And so a lot of times I couldn't appreciate this as much. I mean, I, I, um, I think I would be in the future. Um, but you know, not only is it just, it's not just native speakers. Um, it's also Germans come there to like practice their English. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get, you get a completely different flavor. It's, it, it was definitely very interesting. Um, but in terms of online meetings, um, I tr- there were various ways in which I tried because in the city I was staying in, you know, the meeting that they had, it turned out to be one that didn't really support me hmm. um, in a way that that I needed. Um, my sponsor suggested that I could view it as going into the meeting to do service, to be of service, you know, to bring the sort of 
um, American, you know, cause this is homegrown in America, mm-hmm, the program, mm-hmm. you know, to bring that to the meeting and to be of service. But that was sort of too hard for me for what I was going through at yeah. the time. Yeah. You were not in a place where you were ready to support other people, huh? Yeah. I mean, I, tr- uh, I gave it some thought. I mean, with everything my sponsor, of course, I mean, she has, and she has like 20 years of recovery. So, you know, she, I would just repeat a lot of the things that she would say to me over and yeah. over in my head. Um, uh, you know, so there was long periods of times where I wasn't going to meetings and that was really, really hard to not share my experience and not to be witnessed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I think was pretty much the number one reason. The first reason why I, I fell in love with the program is I knew I needed my vulnerability to be witnessed you know, because that's that was the thing that my sponsor was saying, like that shame that we all feel, you know, that that can be lethal. Um, yeah. So what's up with the online meetings, you know, because I tried and I thought there was some sort of like Skype meeting type thing. Um, and this was and so I tried like December back in, um, you know, months ago, which was like December November to try to like make this thing happen. And Mm -hmm. I could not find anything that was functionally working in terms of online meetings. Mm -hmm. I, Mm -hmm. I tried to see, um, an AA friend of mine, um, suggested, she said that when somebody from one of her home groups, you know, was like in the jungle without meetings that they, they Skyped her into her home meeting because Mm -hmm. they knew the person, Mm -hmm. you know, so that it it would Mm -hmm. only work Mm -hmm. with the, with the home meeting. Um, and maybe this is a difference between AA and Alan. Maybe this is a difference between the culture of my, where my particular home base is. Um, but, you know, I tried to do that with my home meeting, even though that meant uh, that would mean waking up at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. um, but it seemed like it was too much for them, or mm. um, which led to some, I had to deal with some resentment around that um, and sort of feeling abandoned by God, seeing God in the fellowship. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, because I was like, you know, I think some people cited privacy concerns, but I was, that didn't quite ring true because I was like, anybody who's in the meeting with an iPhone can <laughs> record yeah. the meeting easy, easier than me FaceTiming in. Um, yeah. Um, so. So you didn't really find anything then? What you? I did not. Yeah. I didn't. You know, it's like I kept trying and like, I think, um, you know, basically a lot of the the tools I used, um, were text, iMessage. Um, Mm -hmm. I Skyped with my sponsor Mm -hmm. as well as, um, my best friend, uh, who's also an Al-Anon sister who got, who, uh, she got me actually into the program. Um, Facebook message, you know, with, with people who I was connected right. to Facebook, um, program people that way. Um, and email, um, cause my phone lists have emails on them. I don't, I don't know if yours do, but, um, so I think that's, I had about that's five something or that six Some of our meetings do now. Yeah. Some, yeah I'm sorry. So I'm I, talking over you. No, no, it's fine. Mm. Um, I just said that I had five or six people that, that I emailed with. Um, yeah. and you know, I would just, it was one of those things where I would like start my day with a meeting. I would, uh, you know, I got to the point where I would, you know, I'd wake up, take my computer to the cafe. I'd get my, um, 
latte or whatever weird German thing I was <laughs> eating. Um, and I would, uh, and yeah, I would German breakfast and, is a little different, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's different. It's different, but it's also different city to city. And that's, oh, that's really? also the, Oh yeah. And your coffee order is different city to city and they oh. love to argue with you. And I was like, by the end of my trip, I would, it's like, they'd start arguing with me. I would be like, okay, are you going to stay? Or are you going to walk out? Because I was just like, right. I couldn't handle the pushback, like so much pushback. But I mean, one of the things that I, what I, I was trying to say earlier, but I, I um, lost my train, which was that where I was had really shitty internet. Mm, that didn't help. So for the first two months, I had the worst internet. And uh, a lot of times I would have to go to, um, to Starbucks to talk to my sponsor or to talk to my therapist because that, you know, that big American chain, thank God, because they have big American internet. <laughs> so, um, that, that was a problem. You know, there mm. was, I couldn't do the instant Skype and I think, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe if I had been able to, maybe some of those relationships wouldn't have fallen away and taken such a hit. Um, but, you know, we have a global society and we get really used to a certain level. Um, but that was really hard. You know, if I would try to Skype with a friend and needed to, or Skype with my sponsor and needed to, and the internet wasn't working, yeah, that is a lesson in yeah. powerlessness. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a friend that, um, that we talked to, um, when they were traveling and, um, and they would be, you know, traveling in parts of, this country where the phone service is really spotty right. and, and we'd be talking and all of a sudden the connection would go away. And then, you know, a couple minutes later they call back, say, yep, I just went out of a cell zone and now I'm back in. A, you know, like, Great. Uh, Great. And, uh, you know, and, and, and it's a measure of how used we are to instant, constant connectivity that, that, that is now unusual. That I was also there are places that where you we, can't make a phone call. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's going to be much harder for us. I think there's there are lots of like joke things on the internet, but just how like having no internet, like knowing you have no internet, is much easier than having like slow internet. <laughs> like if you have incredibly slow internet and you're like waiting for a response from somebody, right. like that idea of waiting is is so hard. But also, you know, with you going to Norway um, and writing letters you know, you also probably weren't expecting instant communication. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. Mm -mm. And I think that is one of the ways in which expectations are certainly a huge part um, of suffering. Yeah. So um, sort of turning it around, you know, yeah. um, we've been talking a lot about how you found program while you were traveling and how you... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, how your expectations, uh, I, I guess I'm not, I was going to say your expectations changed, but your expectations were not met and you had to adapt to what you found there. Right. Uh, but another, another thing that I, I wanted to ask about, because I think this is, this has been important for me, uh, in traveling is how did your program help you deal with the stress is the rigors, the, Right. The pain of traveling. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I'll say that there were probably some 
ways in which there are tools of the program that I probably, well, I mean, there are always tools of the program that we always have trouble using. You know, yeah. some people say that it, it's hard for them to call their sponsor. And mm-hmm. like for me, sure, I brought those phone lists and I used, the, I used email. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at one point I got into an apartment that had better internet where if I was up, there was a long period of time where I, was, I wasn't going to sleep until four in the morning. And, uh, you know, I can't say I wish I'd made a phone call because I know it was going through my head that I wished I wished I'd had the strength, the willingness to take a chance. Um, but in a lot of ways, you know, I was in too much pain, you know, because the, the, the voice in my head that said, oh, God, they're going to wonder why you're, why you're calling. They're not going to want to talk to you. They're going to think X, Y, and Z, negative thing. Um, and voice. so... <laughs> and so you shouldn't call. And, and, you know, so I had those phoneless. I had working internet and... Um, I, I didn't use it. Um, but I mean, the number one way in which the program helped me was through sponsorship mm-hmm. was through the ability to God, it's like, I, since I've been back, you know, I've been hearing, uh, I was in a meeting that was talking about sponsorship and, mm-hmm. and, and like, it's just one of those things, like I said before, where this was a gift that was freely given to me, but yeah. it, um, to have somebody not give up on you Pretty huge, when huh? you, yeah. And when you know you are watching, you're acutely aware. I mean, cause one of the things about not having self care or not having, or those, all those things changing, all those yeah. ways in which I worked my program changing, um, is that, all right, I actually, I actually just lost my thought, but, okay. um, no, no, <laughs> is, uh, but just to say that, you know, she, uh, the, the few people who were able to stick by me while I was completely insane, while I was in so much powerlessness and so much, um, vulnerability like that, that relationship of sponsorship, um, is, you know, and for me to have somebody who would do that over that distance. Yeah. Um, is, is pretty special. It's a pretty special thing. Um, and you know, a lot of the things that she would say to me just really guided my way through, you know, I had literature. I mean, I, while I was there, I bought the big book, um, and I bought the blue book, mm-hmm. um, how Alan on work, yeah. um, the big book in particular, I found I related to a lot. Um, but there's a quote in there about us all being in the same boat. Um, and in a lot of ways, because I felt so many things changing, like I, I was really feeling a lot of grief because I, so I think like when you travel, when you travel for business or when you're starting a career that involves a lot of travel and you're, you're going uh, on this thing for like the first time, like, or, you know, any kind of big life change brings yeah. on grief. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I was losing these people who are so intimate. I mean, one of the ways the program helped me is like, I never would have had like a going away party before, uh-huh. you know, I would have assumed that, you know, why that nobody would come <laughs> if I had a going away party, yeah. I would be positive where, you know, where this time 
sure, I was positive that nobody would come, but I still did it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was able to, uh, you know, my, my uh, sponsor says that I was, re- I'm really good at boundaries. I'm really good at um, awareness, you know, and in this way, though, I could, I felt like I had um, a way beyond just therapy. I mean, certainly my therapist, who was also willing to, to be there with me through this, was um, a huge anchor. But to have um, the sort of structured way in which the steps work, to mm-hmm. have the steps, to have, you know, my um, sponsor say to me, you know, that how I'm feeling is okay. You know, from her perspective, she felt that, you know, a lot of times relief doesn't come until like later on in the steps and like step five. And, you know, so I could say that to myself, you know, that, you know, that to be where I am in this, where I am in the steps um, and to have that reflection. And, you know, even to just, and aside from that, I think one of the most important things that the program has given me, and this I know is 100% program because I did not do this before at all, which is um, pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we call it self-care sometimes, but to, uh, being able to give to myself without guilt. Yeah. Like I already felt I was already being incredibly hard on myself. I was already you know, I was very triggered. A lot of my PTSD got really super triggered for a variety of reasons. Um, but I took a lot of the guilt away in terms of like financial guilt, you know, spending money on myself. Um, you know, the way in which I was taught that like, you know, through the program, through my support system, through my sponsor, that like these things are, critical. And that's why I like cite the, the going away party, (laughs) you know, I, you know, it was like, um, it's okay for me to accept love. Um, Mm -hmm. and that is, I, you know, I think for me, that's a hard one, but I also think I don't know how I would have gotten through this experience without that. Um, I probably would have been a lot more painful. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, when we were talking before uh, st- we started recording, uh, you talked a little bit about how you had some challenges when you came back that, uh, you know, sort of you had changed and you weren't relating to, maybe weren't relating to your program here, your meetings here in the same way as you were before. Right. And uh, right. I wonder if you could say a little bit about that. Sure. Um, um I've only been back for about two and a half weeks. Um, so I'm really, really at the baby stages of it. Um, one of the biggest problems for me has been self care. Um, because I tend to have, um, you know, I, I push myself, um, I push myself, but I'm also, I don't want to say it's addict thinking, um, but it might be a little bit, you know, I set out to do one thing a day. And so instead I do six. Uh, Um, Yes. And uh, you know, my, my sponsor really helped me with that in that she, um, you know, helped me sort of set out at least expectations for those first couple of weeks. So even if I went beyond them, I wasn't pushing myself too hard. Um, I mean, there are, there are a lot of aspects to the reentry. Um, 
I mean, one of the things is, you know, what happened to my relationships while I was gone. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I, when I landed, you know, over in Europe, everything was the opposite of home. Everything was, you know, I thought I was entering that situation clean. Um, but I, I saw expectations and, you know, PTSD around every corner and that, took a toll on the people in my life naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of my closest friends are program people, but that also means they have a lot of the same triggers. Mm. And, and I, I imagine that a lot of the things I was going through could have probably been issues, you know, for them and to hear about the kind of pain I was going through. Um, I imagine must've been possibly triggering for them. Um, and I'm someone who's certainly, I, I, I process out loud. I'm an extrovert. Um, and so, and I mean, and not only that, but, you know, we're all in program and there is a certain unreliability, I think, in all of us in coming from where we come from. I mean, we have yeah. the same program. We have a foundation. We have a common language. But um I was in a really acute situation. And um, I mean, I think, I think one of the things my sponsor was trying to get is, has been trying to tell me is the way in which it um, uh, being gone really helped to weaken my ego mm. and in a good way. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the, de the destructive thinking, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of thinking that's much more destructive on myself rather than manipulative to the other, to maybe the other. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, one of the things in reentry is that nothing is the same. And I think only a couple of days ago, did I come to realize, and this was in an Al-Anon call, um, that I have changed. And I think that's really hard for me to admit because I certainly, um, before I left, I had a number of incredible revelations and ability and uh, through program and an ability to really feel free. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm not sure if it was, if it's part of my lack of resources while I was away that has made me better, or maybe it's made me, I don't think it's made me worse. Um, you know, but I, um, I feel stronger. I feel more resilient and one of the things, um, I mean, the hardest thing, yes, is that everything has changed. My energy mm -hmm. level is different. My boundaries are different. Those mm -hmm. relationships are different. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, I've had some problems relating, um, for instance, to my home meeting, I haven't been relating as much. Um, you know, I took the advice of my sponsor uh, which was, you know, cause she had mentioned that I, I happen to have some alcoholic thinking. And so to go to some AA meetings and I happened to find a meeting where I found more resonance from my particular story, mm -hmm. a little more of the fight, because I, f I feel like while I was traveling, I really, um, fought for the program. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't going to give up <laughs> easily. Yeah. And and I think, um, you know, being different and being in when you travel and I think when you travel with the program, 
you, there's a possibility of, at least for me, which was being in pain a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And, but what that, um, when I've been back, I, I feel like, um, and this makes me feel a little alien, but because I spent so much time really in my own, you know, we say focus on yourself, Yeah. but I had no, I had no choice. <laughs> there was nothing there else. There was nothing yourself, to distract yeah, me. Right? Yeah. And, but what that, like now when I come back and I see my friends, the thing that separates us a little bit and, and I haven't negotiated this yet. I mean, this is something yeah. that I'm still figuring out, which is yeah. that um, I feel this soft spot for them. I feel this tenderness. Uh-huh. Like I don't feel as much that I have any answers or that there are any answers to pain, like that pain just exists. And, mm-hmm. and so and maybe that's still part of me. I, I have this, you know, open wound from this trip to sort of still work on in my particular story. Um, but I think when you come back, you carry what happened to you. You know, I, I went through something yeah. and I'm sure my, my friends did here, but there is a, there's a little bit of a separation. Yeah. Um, the distance is still there. And, um, you know, for me, I have to deal with, the thoughts about what this means for me as a person, as I go through the world, um, Mm. in the, in my particular career. Um, and that also, you know, I feel less that there are sort of like fixes, you know, we all want to fix. Don't we though? Um, Don't we though? So one of the reasons (laughs) I'm here, I want to fix everybody else. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I, again, I'm, I'm not to put words in your mouth or thoughts in your mind here, but, I hear, I hear that, you know, your work in the program, uh, probably your work in therapy, uh, has given you an ability to to look at yourself and to see what's happening here, and to and to start to understand what's happening. And I think, you know, think about how would that have been if you had done this trip without those tools. Um, and you came back right. and, and, and you were all off balance and you had absolutely no idea why. And you had no way to look at yourself, no way to take, you know, take a little bit of an inventory and say, what is going on here? I mean, I think there is a way in which I, in particular, am a lot more, uh, I think a, someone once said I'm like a dog with a bone. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know... I, I have always, I have, I think one of the gifts that all of us have, uh, with the history that we've all had that have brought us to the program is that I think we will always need that and seek that out. What I think is particular about, um, the program is that, is its simplicity, mm-hmm. is its gentleness, mm-hmm. is its variety and ways in which you know, we can't, we can't do any of this alone. Yeah. And the ways in which it makes those things practical and simple. I am not a simple person. I like the complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, for my, for my sponsors, tell me over and over again, keep it simple. 
find where you're going to sleep, find where the yoga is, drink your water, you know, like that right. is revolutionary to me. And first that's also, first. I think, revolutionary in terms of like, in terms of reentry, like the idea of mm-hmm. gentleness and not, you know, I, I was also on my trip in a business trip, you kind of have to be at the ready all the time while you're dealing with a completely opposite culture and weather and even, even being back. Um, I don't know where that voice would, would come from. Cause it doesn't come from, well, well, I mean, I think part of it is that I have, you know, I have the voice of my mother, which is not mm. a gentle voice, but I think the program helps me to hear a lot more, which is my voice, which I think is a gentler voice, you know, to hear the quieter voice. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know that for yeah. me, the, through the process and and particularly for me through this the the process of taking inventory um has allowed me to develop a a gentler self voice uh, i still have that voice that says you're worthless you screw up um but i i have another voice that that knows that that those that that first voice is is lying um, and I, and I learned that here. I learned that. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's what you're talking about. The gentleness, the kindness that, um, takes that, that childhood critical, critical voice and, and, uh, at least tones it down, at least gives you a counterpoint. Um, uh, you know, right. uh, not a harmony. Right. What is, and I, what's, and what's I the think musical term here. I'm kind of, uh, you know, like <laughs> a counterpoint. <right? laughs> Well, I mean, I think that's also what's interesting, like what you're saying, like, like childhood versus adult. I mean, I think um, that, you know, these different voices, I think that's particularly applicable to the program when you're traveling because culture shock um, is a big part of this. I mean, when we're talking about voices and when we're talking about, we're talking about a group of people when we're in program, we see ourselves in a lot of ways and we can't, we take in what other people are giving us. I mean, at least for me, one of my big problems, not problems, but one of my issues, you know, we have pros and cons. I'm good at boundaries, but one of the things I'm not good at is not taking in other people's stuff. And when you go from where I live, where people are generally pretty laid back and gentle Mm -hmm. to a culture that is not, um, and you know, we're talking about that's a negotiation of those kinds of voices. What is mine? What is yours? Like those sorts of things. That's what, you know, the program teaches. Yes. What is, what is mine is, is of so important when you're um, out of your routine, when you're out of your home base. What is mine? What is not mine? Maybe what is not mine may be more important in that situation. Um, yeah. 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 And I love the idea of inventories. I mean, I think that was one of the reasons why I was kind of trying to race ahead to like <laughs> step four, step five, um, you know, but it was one of those things, you know, my, my sponsor slowed me down a little bit um, uh, as a good thing, um, mm-hmm. but she would give me little inventories and those things. Yeah. Um, you know, when I w- was in a new relationship, um, I was in a new relationship with an agent of mine and that I was all confused about. Um, and you know, she gave me an exercise, an inventory to take 
to do. And, you know, it allowed me to come to that relationship clean, knowing Mm. exactly um, who I was in this and where I was. Um, Absolutely. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Mara, for your time uh, and uh, and sharing your experience with... You're welcome. People who, uh, you know, uh, a listener who may be able to uh, take it and... uh, make their own travel experience uh, more rewarding, more enjoyable, and and perhaps more survivable. (laughs) It's my pleasure. Thanks so much, Spencer. I want to close the show with the song This Too Shall Pass by OK Go. Mara chose this song. I find it a lighthearted reminder that even when we can't practice our recovery in the way we've become accustomed, we only have to do it differently for today. We will come back home or we will grow into a new understanding and practice. In either case, this too shall pass. Thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time. Somebody come. Somebody come.